0: big mic
1: rob the intro it's good
2: homie the intro is so nice we play it twice
0: yo i literally my air conditioner i put a ticket in to get it fixed because being in phoenix in the summer and it being 80 and your air conditioner isn't working isn't a good thing so I I literally put a ticket in while we before we went on the show. Dude, maintenance was here in 10 minutes. So there might be um a little bit of commotion when they come in and out and the dog barking. But dude, getting an air conditioner fixed in the summer in Phoenix is a little bit more important than this podcast. I'll be honest with you. Dude, because I'm not sitting out here for at 90 degrees tonight, like just trying to sleep.
2: Well, but. these uh these maintenance people, they're about to they're about to get some serious bowling knowledge dropped on that ass. I could tell yeah. you that. They're gonna leave you. They're gonna leave your apartment knowing more about bowling than they did before
0: they were there. I know. So they're coming back. So it's gonna be a little bit of commotion here. But I'll I'll try to mute myself um, if uh, you know it's a little bit loud. But Mike, Rob, we got this, a lot to talk is, about. This, this is how <laughs> dedicated our
2: fans are. Okay, this is how dedicated are, we love we love the fans. Uh, Thirty two rec You know, strange name, all good. Do you, homie, comes in last night when we are not even on. And tell gives us a message that he's angry that we have been inconsistent with our uploading. Uh, Gary, Upload. what's good? Nico, yeah. how's it going? How's it going, Nico? Nico's asking who made me angry because uh, because of my tweet uh, promoting the show tonight. But, yeah, I, honestly, Nico, I'm a little upset at the bowling community in general tonight. Uh, we'll talk more about it. We'll talk more about it in a few. Robert, what's good? Had a great Fourth of July. I hope you did, too. Uh, yes, as always. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the subscription button. Uh, you know this, uh, Rob. Lot of, lot of, lot of new. You know, we've been off for a week or two. A lot of news to discuss. A lot of things going on in the bowling community as of late, uh, Rob. We're bringing in guest, We're bringing on a guest tonight. We're bringing on an unannounced, unpromoted guest tonight. Uh, we'll talk about it in a little bit uh, to discuss some recent developments in the bowling community. So folks, stick around. We're gonna have we're gonna have a high level conversation here about some things in a few minutes. So uh if you're in the chat, if you're live with us here, uh stick around. Uh if you're if you're listening to this after the fact, you know, enjoy, enjoy the conversation. I think it's gonna be a good one. Uh Rob, quickly, uh, let's tell the people we what we've been up to. Uh, because we we took off last week mainly because you were bowling the tat, right? I mean that's that's the main reason we took off. You went to Vegas to bowl the tat. Uh, I know it was kind of up and down for you. The people want to know. Tell them, Rob.
0: Uh, It was more up and then just a slow, gradual down. Um, So, long story short, I bowled my first VIP sweeper there right out of the gate, right out of the box. 258, 257 in the VIP. Crushed him, right? You know, didn't go in a ton of brackets because it was my first squad but Mike, I had to look with the purple urethane up the gutter. And I said, Mike, I said, if they give me that look, the the 2019 Kentucky, that's what I was calling it. The 2019 Kentucky, if I had a look at the gutter, I would have absolutely hammered them. But uh, I started drawing high pairs and they were really tight down the lane. Anyway, long story short, I didn't really ball that well. I, I, I was in 205 land. I just had a bunch of like Six Os and six Fifteens, maybe like a five eighty or a five seventy in there. So,
2: so how many squads did you bowl to try and? I qualify? Bowled,
0: I bowled four total squads. Okay. Um, and how bowled, how much is it approximately a squad? Well, you bowl I, I qualified for a qualified. I paid for a mini marathon. I got a, a Helios, um, an idle Helios, and I got some other stuff, and two squads and three VIPs for like five hundred, which was okay. well worth it. The ball itself is probably worth about a hundred dollars online, um, and then yeah, um, the, every re-entry for me was one eighty. So um, overall, it was probably three sixty, about eight sixty in entries, and then um, you know the brackets and whatnot. But I made a bunch of money in the first VIP and brackets, so I got a lot of yeah. that back, honestly. So and I was making a little bit of money here and there. Um, so overall, I probably lost like three hundred or something, maybe a little bit more than that, with all the expenses and the traveling and stuff. But um, I you know what, this was the first tournament that I actually didn't bowl that good, but I, I was really optimistic leaving. Um, I know what I need to work on. I really have a really focus on what I have to get better at. My spare shooting was horrendous. Um, that being said, I consider myself a very good spare shooter. So if I miss one single pin or two single pins in three games, I think that's a sh- like that's a miss on my end. I really should not miss any single pins. Um and I was I was missing one or two uh, set and it was killing me. Um but Mike, I got to learn how to slow slow hook it. I, I I I anything I bowl on these days it feels like the slow hook is always in and I, and that's my like C game. I've never been a good slow hook guy. Um, and this tournament, this this tat, this tat, pattern that was used, dude, the slow hook was out. People were standing on twenty twenty five. I know Dan Dunleavy pulled next to me one qualifying squad, shot like 690. I watched it. He was playing like an hour left of me. He's throwing an hour right of me. I just couldn't get that same kind of look. Yeah, so other than that, I feel I saw, I saw
2: a video of the kid who won, too, and he was a more of a slow hook two-hander. Yeah, you know, I oh, saw the way that he was, threw it. And yeah, I was like, wow, you know, he was actually you know using urethane in the final match.
0: They were so tight down the lane that, like, you, if you had any speed or any not really a lot of hand and you leaked it right, you two pinned or you two a ten. The people who could really slow it up and really get their ball not to read that 50 foot part right. of the lane that could get their ball started like 40 feet, it seemed, bowled really well there. So. I have a lot to work on. There's a tournament I signed up for next weekend, 2,000 for first in Phoenix, and then I'm blowing a 10 grand tournament in September. So I got some stuff coming up, but that's the quick overview of my trip. I almost died on my way there, almost got into a really bad car accident. Guy pulled in front of me, me doing 65 on the highway. Um, I literally swerved to miss him. I almost lost control of the car. I felt like cruising USA, Mike. Remember that arcade game? Yeah, yeah. Yo, if it wasn't for my like really like... Quick reflexes and I, I, Mike, I turned the wheel so hard that I jammed my finger. That's how wow. hard I jammed it, and I st- the car started shaking because I thought I was going to lose control because I was going so fast. I was re- actually just really humble and thankful that he didn't hit me and that he didn't touch me and I missed him and I was actually alive, honestly, because that would have been really bad for me. But anyway, so overall, it was a crazy trip. Um, got to see a lot of friends, which is always the cool part about bowling. So you know, that's True. my. Quick, you know, five-minute uh, version of what Tat happened. Tap review. About, so. Okay.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, league review. It's what the people come for. It's what the people want to hear about. Uh, I guess two weeks of league have gone by. Jeez, um, I, I, I do not remember any of the pattern names that we're bowling on. I think Abbey Road is what we bowled on last night. And that was actually pretty pretty uh, pretty challenging. Uh, three to one, uh, 40 feet. I, I used urethane all four games. Uh, bowled okay, but th- threw it pretty well actually. Uh, I didn't I didn't feel that my score reflected how well I threw it for a couple games. You know, it's like one of the most frustrating things to me about bowling on the tougher stuff is that, like you'll all right. Let's say I start a game and I go good shot strike, good shot strike, good shot leave it leave a nine pin. Okay, make it. Good shot, mediocre shot, you know, okay, leave a two pin, make it. Okay. Good shot, leave a four pin, make it. Right. Bad shot on the next one. Two, four, 8 10, open. Okay. Good shot, strike. Decent shot, two, let's say two, eight, make it. Decent shot, you know, you let me, Decent let shot, me jump in here. Pin. You understand what I'm saying? Here. Like, then I, you, at the end of that game, if you open one more time in that game, you're shooting 170.
0: Yo, here's okay? the thing is. And I, I feel I've learned... like
2: I threw it good enough to shoot 230. Right. But I shot 170 because, so here's... because some of my decent shots didn't strike. And well, my bad ones were opens.
0: And, yeah. Well, listen. Here's my take, right? In today's game, the really key to success is being able to throw a decent shot and striking meaning finding a reaction or yeah. a ball in your bag that's going to be able to not have to throw the ball perfect to strike. Do you think a lot of these two handers that they're throwing, they're shot making? They're not, but they're able to throw the ball decent enough. and be able to create enough power and rotation with the way they throw it, where if they throw it decent enough, they're probably going to strike more than you'll strike if you throw it decent. So that's the key. That's the trick. If you can find a reaction, look, when the tat, when I bowl five fifteen in the VIP and I was throwing a urethane, I, I I wasn't puring every shot. I maybe made four good shots every game, but the other six were decent shots. But I struck on the decent shots. If you're not striking on the decent shots, you're probably in the wrong ball, honestly, and, or the wrong part of the lane. or you just roll and doesn't match up to what's what's out there.
2: Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, you know, some some it's sometimes it's even my good shots don't strike. Well, then you're really shit out of luck. You yeah. Fucking, the, I mean, like so, up your shit and leave. like, sometimes, I mean, there's a few where it's like, oh my God, I threw one of the best shots that I've thrown all night. Yeah. in didn't strike. So, like, yeah. that's kind of where idea. I'm at. I'm, I'm throwing it okay. You know, I think last night I shot like seven, I think I was minus 20, 780 for four, which wasn't bad. The week before I really struggled. I forget what pattern it was, but I really struggled. Uh, I, sh- I think I shot like two 150s out of the four games, and I don't think I shot a game above 200. Like, I really struggled. Uh, and the pattern wasn't that hard. I, I was just playing the wrong part of the lane. Uh, and I, I was, you know, I I got a fresh pair after we were done, tried a couple different things, and I eventually figured them out and, and, you know, had a really good look and felt like I couldn't miss. And, yeah, you're right. I mean, that's kind of the way things go. So, listen, I'm bowling this week. I'm bowling a big tournament this weekend, Rob. I'm bowling. I'm bowling a tournament. at six grand for first place this weekend. Nice Uh, up at Parkway Lanes. Dougie is running Uh, a. uh, My old finger on (laughs) that. Yeah, Dougie's running a uh, like a bracket tournament, uh, match play style tournament. It is there is a qualifying. There's 96 bowlers. It's sold out. Uh, There is a qualifying of three games, and I think the top 30, top 31 go to the bracket, and then. Thirty-two and thirty-three bowl one-game roll-off to see who makes it, and uh, yo, the field is stacked. The uh-huh. field is stacked. Yeah, of course. I'm gonna, I'm gonna screenshot it and send it out on Twitter. Uh, but yeah, there's a Calcutta, so I think that I think that perhaps Sweep the Rack should should uh, invest in, in in Big Mike in case I decide to bowl good and make a run, uh, because I have been known to do that from time to time uh so yeah i hear you robert i don't i don't think the calcutta is live i mean they are, i think they're doing it on facebook i'm not sure so you could possibly check that out but yeah i'm bowling that tournament this weekend my goal is just to get get to the batch play bracket you know bowl do not do anything too dumb in the three-game qualifying that i do not well, dude, make it through the 30 qualifying
0: 30 out of 90 is i mean that's that's not terrible it's it's not a terrible like cut, but it's still going to be a hard one because of all the probably great ballers that are coming out. So, yeah, but with uh, their is, is, is he using a shot or is using a house shot? Cause, oh no, it's two pat. Yeah, it's patterns. Okay, because oh, I, yeah. I got a little nervous. If it was a house shot, I was like probably might mm. get you an a ball.
2: No, no, no. If it was a house shot, I think I'd have a better chance actually. Because like I would feel Maybe. like I'm throwing it into an ocean. I'd feel I'd feel so comfortable. Maybe. It'd be so easy to get loose. But. uh Maybe. No, right. it's well, it's, it's luck, on man. a pattern, you know, so excited mm-hmm. to bowl that. I'll let you all know mm-hmm. how I do. Uh, all right, let's move on. There's there's a lot of bowling news to discuss. In fact, there's a bowling show on right now. You people should be watching it and come back and check us out or have, have it on mute and uh, and be listening to us here while you're watching the bowling telecast. I have a recording downstairs. Uh, I'm going to go watch it as soon as we're done here because, uh, yeah, I have a lot of time to do that kind of stuff right now. But, uh, Rob... Some of the big, big news. news in the bowling uh, community this week was the death of Flow Bowling, and this Dude, is sort of on. a this is sort of a funeral here tonight. Oh, oh, you pouring wait, something wait. out for Flow Bowling?
0: Wait. I'm pouring one out for Flow. My, okay, R.I.P. R.I.P. Right. Flow.
1: Flow Bowling had a good
0: run, man. Had a good had a good run, man. The last year, six months. First off, let me say this, Mike. Well, hold on, we, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We called it. We called it. I mean, we,
2: we, I mean Well, the handwriting was on the wall. I don't think it was. I, I'm no. You know, we're not gonna. We're not gonna. St- you know, sit here and uh, and praise ourselves for predicting something that was clearly going to happen. But I, am. yeah, <laughs> I, I, I do, I do feel like the. You know, obviously yeah. we talked about this, but all right, Rob. Before we even start the discussion here, yeah. we, we've wasted enough time. Let's bring in our guest. Okay, uh, we we our guest is Mike Flanagan tonight. All right. Mike, welcome. Welcome to Sweep the Rack. Welcome back. You've been here before.
1: Hey, how's it going?
2: Good. So we we here's how Mike ended up coming on the show. I put on Twitter. Oh God. I, I put out the bat signal. Oh god. Mike Flanagan. I'm like, <laughs> somebody find Mike Flanagan. When I heard that flow bowling uh was, was gonna be no longer and he tweeted back at me uh a meme from uh from uh Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump, yes. And I didn't know how to take it. I didn't know whether to take it literally or not. But I told him that his, his uh, attention was required because uh, we needed someone to save bowling on the Internet. And I was nominating him to save bowling on the Internet. Now, people might wonder why. Well, you know who Who is Mike Flanagan and why would I nominate him to save bowling on the Internet? Listen, if you don't know, if you're unaware, let me make you aware. Okay. There might not be anybody who's more plugged in in bowling than Mike is. All right, Mike has worked with has not only started his own business and and website in bowling and streaming service in bowling, right, with tournaments, etc. But he has also worked for all of the players in the game. Okay? When I say players in the game, I don't mean the people that throw the bowling balls down the lanes. I'm talking about the biggest organizations in in bowling. Okay, I'm talking about the bowling ball companies. I'm talking about the USBC. I'm talking about Flow Bowling. I'm talking about the PBA. All right, Mike, does that accurately sum up your experience in, in the in the bowling game?
1: Yeah, and it's kind of sad that, like, I, I'm not able to be Stan Musial or Derek Jeter or Cal Ripken Jr. I'm kind of a guy that bounces around. I'm more like Russell Westbrook, which sucks.
2: Yeah, 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 a hired gun, a hired gun, I would say, you know, but... <laughs> but journeyman, I
0: think, the journey, <laughs>
2: I think that also speaks to, you know, the versatility uh, of what you can do, you know? And I think if people are familiar with inside bowling, which is, which is Mike's website, you guys should check it out. And if you, if you check our scroll at the bottom of the screen, screen code sweep the rack, 20% off anything you want there. All right. Yeah. Code sweep the rack, use that, hit that website for your bowling gear. But if you check it out, you know, you're very versatile over there. You know, you got the social media piece. You got the website piece. You're running tournaments. You're streaming. You're selling merch. And, and you know, those that know know that, you know, for the most part, it's, it's you behind most of that. Okay? So when the news broke that Flo was dying, and this was going to be the death of Flo Bowling, uh, it, you know, I have to say, like, you, you came to mind to me as someone – because there's only a few people out there who would probably have the ability and knowledge and connections and time to do this. Uh, But you came to mind for me as somebody who, you know, should be behind whatever is resurrected to replace flow bowling as the home of at least professional bowling or high-level bowling on the Internet. So that's why we're here. You know, we brought Mike in to, to, to join this discussion because he has a lot of background knowledge in this and has a lot of experience, and, uh, you know, we plan to have a little conversation here just about how we got to this point and where things might go from here. So let's start there. How did we get to this point? Why did flow not work out? All right, Rob, I'm, I'm going to pass it to you first because I know you had some comments to start with. So, you know, just kind of pick it up from where you left off when I interrupted you to bring Mike on and, uh, you know, throw in there. why Why did flow not work out in your opinion, Rob?
0: Um, I think it was, first off, to me, maybe the price of it, I think, was was a tough uh, buying factor for fans. Um, I think watching – and, and I, I've had this complaint about flow bowling since the minute I was able to stream it, is the fact where I'd watch one pair, and it was just – everybody would be on that pair, or I'd have maybe a choice of four or five pairs, but I couldn't follow along with my, like, favorite bowler. So I didn't really, like, want to pay – you know, with 150 a year to watch some average guy bowl 150. Um, I didn't think they had enough content for the bowlers. I think they were on the right path with the documentary that they did on Simonson, the you know, the documentary they did with the two handers. I felt like they were on the right path, but I feel like maybe the money that they were spending to do all that, they weren't getting the money back in subscriptions from. The, you know the fans really. I mean, if they were making money, trust me, they would have never got rid of PBA. So obviously, they weren't making any money. Um, so yeah, and maybe we, I know Mike talks about the internet connections being a really hard, hard part of the stream. And I felt like the quality of the stream wasn't as good as other streaming services. That was just my opinion.
1: So yeah, okay. can, I, can I speak to that, to that Add. internet to that internet thing real quick? All right, so. When the powers that be, whether it's USBC or PBA go to an event or they, or they book a contract in the contract, it says we need at least 50 megabits per second upload speed as part of your contract. Okay. I will tell you, you can ask any of us that do this, Jeff Goodger, Emil, JT, whoever, when we go in there about 20% of the time we have what we need when we're outside of Las Vegas okay? So when you go to stream, you have the options of streaming at 240p, which is like terrible, 360p, which is still terrible, 480p. We almost always stream at 720, which in my opinion is still terrible. And then you got 1080 and then 4k, right? So the cameras that everybody uses and has are 1080 cameras. However, when you're going to put out six streams, a 1080 connection needs to be at a minimum of four megs per per stream so if you have six streams you need 24 meg upload at all times if you ever do a speedtest.net that thing throttles up and down especially when you're not in a really metropolitan area where they have great internet even if you have 50 up it doesn't mean you're consistently 50. so a lot of times we cannot stream at 1080 so we have to knock it down to 720 and usually 1.25 megabits per second per stream. So we're using about 11. I will tell you the last center I went to to work, which was Odessa, and those people were peaches. They were awesome. The proprietors are awesome. They love bowling. And it's hard for you or for the PBA or USBC to go into an event and say, we're not going to have an event here because your internet sucks. When the people are so great and they fill the pro and they check every other damn box, you know, here we, and then so we show up and then us guys, have to produce this show and just keep us online right so i went into odessa and when i got there i noticed that our internet speed was five meg up five meg up okay all right then after a little research i found out the flow the year before streamed through verizon hotspots, which in my opinion is terrible everything's always hardwired whenever we go anywhere you know my knees and the gaff tape have a lot to prove on that right So I ended up talking to the center manager and she was awesome. An older couple owns this bowling center. And I said, can we get your internet provider on the phone? Because she said we could upgrade. They are paying $400 more a month now and got me 50 up. Okay. However, it was bouncing. And they told me their credit card machines go down like every other day. Okay. For a period of time. So I got the damn internet company to come out with the assistance of the old couple there, the beautiful couple that run the center and, I ended up, they had to replace the line to the pole and get us a new modem. And I got it all done in about 10 hours time so we could go live the next day. And even so, it was still bouncing, right? But we were able to put out five streams. And when Craig and I walked in the door, we weren't sure. We thought we might have to record everything. So I worked till like 11 o'clock that night. And this isn't woe is me, but that's just a perfect example of walking into something. I helped this couple fix their internet connection now their credit cards work flawlessly i left a switch there that i bought for them everything right and we were able to stream five streams that is not out of the ordinary that is kind of common practice when we go into these places so i don't want to take up the whole broadcast on that but that just tells you what we're working with when we go into these places
2: and there's no there's no other solution to that other than to upgrade the entire internet for, for the building I mean that that's, that almost blows my mind that there's not some device specifically for that type of purpose for streaming purposes that you know boost the internet signal or something or gives you enough uh, juice to be able to stream whatever you want to stream
1: I believe they exist, but they are very, 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 very pricey okay and to the point where the juice is not worth the squeeze okay
2: all right, fair enough, Mike, in your opinion i'll bounce it back to the previous question why Why did flow not work out?
1: Uh well first of all uh you know Flo used me at the beginning of the season for like almost everything and they paid well okay just throwing it out there and I'm oh kinda, we know we I'm, know I'm, I'm kind of we different. know I'm we worked different for different them for time. a minute you know what I mean and they came in guns blazing I mean they came in guns blazing pre COVID right I mean they brought out Lucas and a video person I watched these people work and put all this stuff out and they hired Lucas Wiseman for Christ's sakes I mean. to to pay an employee and get somebody who was in bowling, probably the best guy available, you know, they did a great job. Then COVID hit and they didn't see the growth they were looking for in bowling. And eventually it's like, Oh, this bowling thing's not going to work out. You know, it's not much different than a lot of the sponsors that have come into bowling over the years. You know, you get good sponsors, but how many of them renew over the years? How many sponsors have been with the PBA for a long period of time? Like right now we got guaranteed rate and Kia and Snickers are they going to be here in ten years? Because a lot of them bail after the first contract, and I feel like the same thing happened with Flow Bowling. Um, if it's if it's not making money or at least breaking even, I think that's 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 something that they had to take a look at their PL statement. And then when the travel costs went way up, uh, that was that was pretty awful. Um, I know what those rental cars cost, and I know what those flights and everything cost. Um, it's just a shame they invested so much time and energy and effort and people into it. Um, but I will say one good thing is, is, you know, Lucas is so good at just the work that he does. They've been able to use him in other sports. So he gets to keep his job, which is great. Um, it's just a shame that that bowling, you know, didn't work out there. You know, I he think it's all- a P&L statement and lack of support. And you guys mentioned how much it cost over there. Most people were grandfathered in under the extra frame rate with those guys, which is another positive thing that Flo did.
2: Lucas, Lucas is good. Lucas is good. I checked in with Lucas. Lucas is good. Lucas like Lucas ended up maybe better than he was before uh before uh all this. So that's that is some good news out of this. All right. I'm going to talk about why I think Flo failed. And I got I got two two main reasons. Mike you touched on on one specifically and and generally referred to the other. The one you generally referred to is that uh the cost you know, I worked for Flow too. We 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 worked for Flow. I worked on site for Flow a couple times. Uh, people have no idea what kind of money they were paying out just to the people that were working for them to produce the content they were producing. And I'll give you the best example that I saw. Okay, when when I was on site with them uh, doing an event, they actually had to pay individuals to sit behind the lanes and put in the scores for the players on a couple pairs. Like one person would be responsible for two pairs. And they were literally paying, like for every two pairs, they had to pay one person. Okay. So every two pairs they were broadcasting, they had to pay one person to sit behind and, and take the scores down, input the scores. Okay. And, you know, just that kind of cost is a huge cost. Not only, you know, on top of all the stuff that Mike talked about as well. The second thing that Mike more generally referred to, and in the general way you referred to it is by saying, you know, look at the sponsorship in bowling and, like, how sponsors don't renew. And listen, I'm going to knock the bowling community because this is true. I'm sorry. Say what you want, but I feel that this is true. The bowling community talks a lot of shit about supporting the bowling community, but the bowling community really falls short in supporting the bowling community, especially when it comes to stuff like this. And I think that is, is clearly what went wrong with Flow Bowling, is that they never really got the subscription support. They never got the number of people interested in Flow Bowling, subscribing to Flow Bowling, that they really needed to justify the costs and the money that they were spending. You know, and that's the bowling community's fault because when flow was at its height, and Rob, I think you kind of capsulized that time period where they had the documentary with Simonson coming out. That was sort of the height of flow bowling to me. You know, it was, it was, they were doing all the right moves, making all the right content. Things were really good. They were constantly trying new things, producing new things. And yeah, the, the support just wasn't there. You know, so like we always complain about, oh, we don't get this. We don't get that. We don't get. And then we finally have a company come in and say, yeah, you know what? We're going to do this and we're going to do it like we really give a shit about it. We're going to go out and we're going to hire the best bowling podcast th- at that time. We're going to hire them to, and bring them behind our paywall. We're going to go get the best people we can get and hire them as announcers and bring them behind our paywall. You want documentaries on the most popular players? We're going to give you that. Okay, and what did the bowling community do? We didn't. We we didn't support it. Yeah, you know, we didn't support it. We didn't support it even to the level that they were able to continue uh, doing what they were doing. You know, and I know that the price was high. I'm not trivializing the money. Okay, I understand. There's people out there that can't afford it, but guys, and it's funny. I, I I'm not trying to bring up this conversation, but I had a talk this weekend with someone in bowling about whether bowling is a is a blue collar sport or a white collar sport. You know, is it a, is it a cheap sport to play? Is it the working man's sport to play or is it a more expensive sport to play? And I'll be honest with you, I think bowling is more of a white collar sport. It's a very expensive sport to play. Even if you bowl a league that's 30 dollars a week, some pots, some brackets, the new ball, you know, a couple drinks, you're probably in for a couple hundred a month, easy. Mike Mike, it's a blue collar it's a, a <laughs> white collar sport with the blue collar identity. Okay, fair enough. It's a different discussion for a different time. Well, I'll
1: I'll give you this real quick on that. I think it's white collar in our Facebook world that we are in, all of us, right? What other sport can, can, can you be a Facebook friend with the elite 20 players in the sport and the commissioner and send the commissioner a Facebook message and he replies to you, right? So we're in this unique thing, right? But the people that fund the sport, the people that bring in the money and don't walk into a pro shop and say, hey, man, can you give me a deal? I'm a 220 average bowler. I'm that good. The people that are just your one-night-of-leaguers, they don't get in pots, it's a night out away from the nine-to-five, and they just want to be with their friends, that is blue-collar, I believe, mostly. But I think our How? how, like, our how can is can it be?
2: Collar. How can it be when that guy who you described – if he's paying thirty dollars for his league,
1: well he's, he's probably not. He's probably bowling in a mixed league that they have very little prize money in. So how that's much is I'm it? How much
2: about. is it a week? Twenty bucks? Maybe. Maybe okay. they don't
1: they don't bowl for the money, they bowl for the experience just to bowl with their friends.
2: Yeah, but I think you're still talking about a hundred a hundred plus dollars a month, yeah, 150 you, a hundred and fifty dollars a month. You that.
1: Yeah, even I'll on do. the
2: low end. And like, I don't know. That's that's not that's not blue collar to me. You know, it's really not, I don't know. All right. Different conversation for a different time. We all talked about why we felt flow flow did not work out. Matt Wozny in the chat, he worked for flow too. Matt, get, you know, feel free. Give, give your, uh, give your thoughts on, on why, uh, you know, I think his, his comment probably says a lot there, but uh, you know, give us your thoughts. We were just discussing why, um, why flow didn't work out. If you have any thoughts, feel free to share. Um, All right. Where do we go from here?
0: Let's, I want to talk about what's um what's gonna happen, or I mean, I know we had a, a agenda talk about uh you know you before we talk about what's gonna happen, we want to talk about like the ideal streaming service, like what really. Well, let's you know, we, let's we talk about see, what's right? probably
2: not gonna happen first. And okay. I don't know if we all agree, but I don't think it's likely that Bolt, that the PBA now goes under Bull TV.
0: Tragedy. That would be a tragedy, in my opinion, for the bowling fan. For the fan. Because, obviously, we've been talking about this for years, where we want to have all bowling content under one streaming service. And you know what the value for a fan, and I'm coming in as a fan's perspective here, to have the PWBA, the PBA, the USBC tournament, which they should start streaming more of, um, college bowling, junior gold, Team USA, right? Like they need to have that all under one streaming platform, and I think that would the value of it would be worth what Flow was charging, if not even more. I mean, so why? So then, be. why are
2: you saying that that would be bad for the? You think that if you you'd be happy then if the PBA went under the umbrella of the USBC and Bolt TV?
0: Oh, hundred percent. No, yeah. I mean, okay. i would it's right, a tragedy right. you, if it didn't happen. It uh, needs to well, that ain't gonna happen. TV. That ain't well, gonna I'm happen. It's a tragedy. It's a freaking. Okay, but it ain't gonna happen. I fans. mean, the PBA we just
2: talked about last week that the PBA is like kind of taking a shot at the USBC with their with their certification I program know, and all I that. Know, so, like, no, what do you I think know, they're now gonna partner up? All right, so that's. Well, ask what, Mike. What's ask what, Mike? Nah, I, I don't even want to put him on the spot with that. No, like, I,
1: I'll tell you. Go, go ahead. Go I'll ahead. Okay. So a lot of this like PBA and USBC rivalry is more in the mainstream media with people making their own conclusions. Okay. Look, I'm not going to sit here and say, speculation. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that some of the things that are happening are pissing in other people's chili bowls. Okay. And that gets people a little uptight in the bowling industry. Right. But the USBC and the PBA are partners with several events throughout the year. The the, the, US the US open masters the yep. masters they have a contractual agreement to do so, okay. Um, and there's a lot of w- weird, like they're not gonna work together anymore. They they're 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 divorced, right? That's not quite it. And also, when you look at what Bolero is doing with the league certification program, and I don't I'm not close to it, but they had a thing you could sign up for last year that was an add on with your leagues that got you some benefits. And I believe someone probably sat in a room and said, we've got this many league bowlers out there. We kicked a lot of leagues out for years. Now we realize we need league to survive. What can we do to get extra 20 bucks out of all of them? Oh, let's give them 10 free games and do this and do this. And if we times that by the amount of money, well shit, we just, we just came up with $10 million. Right. And now this is a premium. And, and, this is more add-ons that you can get. You know, um, they did hire Neil Stremmel, so that one there is an interesting part of all of this. But I don't necessarily think that the two are at odds and they won't work together moving forward. So I think the PBA could be on Bull TV. I have no inside knowledge, but I totally believe that it that it could be on Bull TV because it. you, it's gotta happen. When you, when you look at the production costs. To go into that, USBC is a nonprofit organization. That's the other thing. The Bull Arrow is a for-profit. I don't know this for sure because I'm not a lawyer, but it's my understanding that you cannot be a for-profit and be a governing body of any sort of sport. So Bull Arrow could not give up their profitability. Are they going to give up their profitability to govern? Hell oh, no. They give up their profitability to go for that. So they can never. I'm a stockholder. They can never be USBC, right? They can't replace USBC.
2: Uh, they can, they can I put agree. No, Yeah, I don't know, but I feel like we're we're splitting hairs and and talking about semantics here because they they could and just not call themselves a governing body.
0: Okay. So, okay. So Mike, in your opinion, there is a chance. the Rack
2: has an on-staff lawyer, by the way. He agrees. Yeah, he yeah, agrees. Yeah. We have our own on-staff lawyer.
0: Um, so there is a chance that we could have all the bowling content streaming under Bowl TV. There is a chance of that happening.
1: I would believe so, yes. because You would
0: think, right? Like they would try to make that happen, though. No?
1: Well, I don't know. I mean, obviously right now you can see it out in common, out in plain as day. Uh, what, did, what are they doing for the league right now? They hired Phil Brylow to come in, another guy who does a nice job. They brought him in to stream a few things for them. Right now, the PBA League is being streamed, okay? I believe the PBA YouTube channel has around 230,000 subs last time I checked, right? So they're live for PBA competition with the 50 best bowlers on their tour, right? They're doing that. And all these players are tweeting it out. Hey, come watch. They're all on Instagram, everything. They have a little over a thousand people watching the main feed and they have between 75 and 400 watching each one of the lanes. I totaled it up. I've been watching it the last two days. They've got about 2000 people watching live. At the peak of the World Series of Bowling, for Flow. when I checked how many people we had watching that were paid, it was around the same number during those position rounds and stuff. So would you rather have 2,000 for free or 2,000 paying when it's the same damn people? How can there only be 2,000 people watching on YouTube right now? I am astonished that more aren't watching. Is it because it's during the day? Is it because there's no money on the line? It's just qualifying? Well, Mike, let me me tell you why, because
0: this is what my other beef with it, right? I'm a full-time corporate working America civilian, right? I work from 7 a.m. and I get home at 4.35 p.m. Okay, I get home. I walk the dog. By the time I sit down and I'm on the West Coast, it's already 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I know that because I can't watch the Mets games. You know what I mean? So my thing is, is there's so many tournaments that I want to watch that I can't. I can't stream it at work. I would get fired. The only time I could ever stream bowling during the day is on a Saturday and Sunday. Now, do I want to sit home and stream bowling all day on a Saturday when I have two days off during the week? No. So, as a fan who works full time, they need to try to cater a little bit more of the qualifying and the match play in the evening times. Dinner times, right? Between, you know, 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. during the weeknights, right? Because that's when people like me who there's a lot of people like me out there could actually sit down and watch and stream an event. Sure. Yeah, but I don't. I mean, you can't, oh, Mike. You, you I can't knew you construct were a whole schedule that. of the freaking
2: professional tour around people's work schedule across the country. I mean, come but on. But If it's
0: gonna get streamed, you're being too streaming?
2: demanding. You're being no. too demanding, like Mike. Why they got to have qualifying at some point? All right, so they, nobody watches qualifying. Nobody watches qualifying.
0: No, but know? I'm talking. I'm talking the like. Like when you're 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 bowling like the last like sixteen games of match play for the okay. US Open, the, right? You know, I mean and the that Masters, I... like the the important parts of it, right? Stream it in the evening, let the pros bowl in the evening. Dude, do you remember we used to go to or Friday nights to watch the giant Petragula Open? Why yeah. Friday nights was the best time for them, you know, because everybody would get off of work at five and they would head on over to Carolier to watch the last eight to 16 games of match play there. Right? No, look, I was if, there all day. I took off school. Look, though, but what so I'm saying is, for is the world years. series, Mike and, and Mike will Mike Flanagan will agree with me here. You go to the world series of bowling and they have the match play for the world championships on a Thursday morning at like 9. AM. Who's all there. It's like 90 year olds who, who don't have jobs. And there's like, 15 people watching but if they would move that stuff to the night i guarantee you get more people and you get more subscribers you get more views that's just my opinion as a fan who works 50 hours a week
2: all right i'm just saying though i mean to today's environment with like on the man and everything being you know hey you can go back you can watch it like they should still be getting more views you know more people going back and taking a look you know when when they're done work when they have the time all right so again where do we go from here? You know, yeah, well, well let's, Mike, whole... let's talk what you give us your thoughts on what the ideal path is for a, a, a legit or, or the best streaming service you could think of uh, in bowling.
1: Yeah. Well, here's kind of the situation, right? Either the PBA does one of three things with their national tour, right? Cause right now the 50 tour is is on bowl TV and that's given me a gig. And I've had a blast covering those guys.
0: Oh, I love
2: it. I love it. Yeah, it's been great. It. It's been, it's been great fun. action. It's been great action, too.
1: They, they are fun. They'll let me go down there with a microphone, put it in their face while they're bowling match play, except Angelo. He's like the I'm only sure, one that doesn't. I'm um, sure Pete loves that. Oh, they're great. I mean, I had Forkel got into it with Amleto at, at the Masters, and it was hilarious. Mm, that or, sounds or, juicy. It's a super senior <laughs> classic. And I put the microphone in Forkel's face. And he's like, this is Amleto's tour. Don't you know that? Like, I mean, it got, it was hilarious, right? Um, But those guys are great. But so the PBA has a couple of options, right? They can either work a deal with Bolt TV and put all under one roof. Uh, They can, number two, uh, just give it all away free on YouTube, um, which will do some ad revenue, but they will be way upside down on that, in my opinion, with how many views they'll get from it. Unless they clip out a bunch of cool stuff and try to get some viral hits with this person picked the 710 or falls down and does a Josh Scanlon or a Josh Blanchard falling in the oil type thing or something. Um, or they can now go back to the drawing board and grab Jeff Goodger, which is who I would think he's on their payroll and very, very good at streaming. And they can build a brand new service again and bring it back and start from nothing and build it up from the very beginning. Uh, and those are those are their three options in my opinion or you know they could partner with somebody as an outside person uh, or company like myself a lot of people thought I should do it um, or just you know or just partner with some other group that wants to do it so when you talk about you know have I thought about this have I thought about putting together a proposal? yeah I have so let me ask you guys a couple, a couple questions first one is how much is a bowling fan? What's the sweet spot price for an annual subscription? Forget the monthlies. Forget the event passes. How much should you charge? If we if sweep the rack, inside bowling was going to start this thing. What are we charging? And what are we going to be comfortable charging?
0: Nine nine ninety nine a month. Maybe a little bit less. Seven ninety
2: nine. Oh God, you're going to hate my answer, son. You, you're you're going to. I mean, my re- if I'm being real with you, dog, and I have to be real. Yeah. It's got to be free. Oh, I know, I know. But li- listen, hear me out. Hear me out. Has wasn't this already proved? Wasn't Proofy. this already proved with Flow? Isn't this already proved with Bowl TV, where they're not they're not getting you know massive subscription numbers? The, the PBA, like Mike just mentioned, isn't even getting massive subscription massive views when it's free. So. I, and, and i I'm gonna play along with you, Mike because I get you. like you know people have to make a living. The people that are doing this that are involved in it, they got they gotta make money. So if you were to ask me how you gonna say that? how you gonna say it should be free? Here's my answer. bolero should sponsor it. okay? Bolero should sponsor it and even if that means digging into their own pockets to try and try and make a run at starting something really legitimate, okay? Uh, that's where I think it should come from. You know, I don't want it to get lost in the conversation that you know this is a billion dollar company that we're talking about. So,
0: oh, uh, Mike, Mike, you 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 don't understand corporate America, Mike. Oh, I l- do. L- 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 let me I know give it you doesn't work bit- that
2: way. I know let it doesn't work you- that way. I'm just saying. To me, this is
0: where it should come from. Let me give you a little bit of breakdown of corporate America, okay? Corporate America wants do- return dollars on every expense that they have, okay? Um, If they don't make return dollars on every expense, there's a reason why they're billion dollar companies. OK, because they're very, very cheap in what they do. Right. And I'm talking in general corporate America. They pay their people shit. Right. They, you know, charge their consumers a lot of money. And that's why they make billions of dollars. Right. Um, Mike, you, look, people will pay for the subscription. If they make it worthwhile that people want to buy it. Okay. Yeah, but you're now, only
2: gonna get so many. It's my point. Like if you want the real numbers, it's gotta be free. But all right, if you want me to give you a number, Mike Flanagan, here's a number I'll give you. Per per month. Yeah, nineteen ninety nine. Nineteen ninety nine? Yeah, twenty bucks a month.
0: Oh okay. no, that's too expensive. All right, all
2: right
1: okay. so so first of all, Mike, to your point. I also agree that bowling streaming should be free. I do agree with that premise very much. I don't know how you get there, but I do agree with that. I actually told Chad Murphy that five years ago in his office when we were talking about what streaming looks like. That's how, I believe that. I believe it should be on YouTube because it's going to be the best way to attract new fans and people to be like, man, I was watching this bowling on YouTube, man. This was cool. I agree with that. Now, how can Bolero do that? In their marketing budget, they will need to shift dollars from something else and say, we're going to shift these dollars over to doing this online streaming. And throughout the online streaming, we better be driving a shit ton of people to our bowling centers to have birthday parties and corporate parties and whatever, and use it as a loss leader piece of advertising, right? That's how they would do it. I don't know if that makes sense with their other marketing spend, I have no idea, but that's how they would have to do it um, to be able to pull off what you're saying. So let's just take a hundred bucks a year because it's very easy to figure this out. Right. So So the rumor on the street, I've never seen PLs, is that we got to about 10,000 subscribers in bowling. I don't know if that includes the freebies and the manufacturers to get a couple free ones and the Tom, Dick and Harry and the connected people or whatever. So let's say we got a million dollars. For the streaming service, us three. All right, we're starting this thing. Million bucks. Now we gotta find a paywall partner to put it behind, unless you guys know how to code back ends of websites so people can log in and all that kind of crap. So so new lion back in the day, from what I understand, was a 40% rake. 40% went to New Lion, from what I understand, hearsay. And I know that when I looked into this, when I was putting together a budget for this, the cheapest partner I could find, doesn't mean it's the best partner to be able to give the best online experience to our end users, was a 20% rake, okay? So let's go ahead and take 200,000 off the top. So we got $800,000 left for us to spend, all right? How many days are we gonna be streaming? About 100 with travel, okay? So what is that? Is that eight thousand a day, right? Hundred days, eight hundred thousand. We got eight eight thousand a day to go out and stream these things. Well, what's the best streaming service look like? Is it is it us three? Is it Emil Williams Jr.? Is it Aaron Smith? Is it J T? Is it Lucas Wiseman? Is it the same cast? Is it Phil Brilo? How many of us are out there? Is Riggles writing all the report or writing all the stories? Who are we using? Are we using the same old cast that are very good at what they do? Are we hiring John Mark away from Bowler's Journal? What are we doing to run this service? So how many people do you think we need to put this on?
2: No, I mean it depends I mean, you know I mean, are you talking are we trying to do the best we can? I mean we want shit. to yeah what 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 you're describing is like a you know a powerhouse of bowling media. I mean all all under all, all behind
0: well, one paywall. But right? what he's trying now to that, say is that would you have be to hire full-time that, people like
2: Yeah, I I I understand, you know. So, and I get but it, mean, but I think the better product you build through getting those people, right? The more uh, better chance you have to get the subscribers who are willing to pay for
1: it. Exactly. You know, I mean, and, to and, and bowling on the internet's been around uh, for like 15 years now, right? Right. And and it, it started with Strike Pass, and I'm not real familiar with that. But then you had the Bowling Doctor, Jeff Mark, with Mike J. Laneside and Jason Thomas, the bowling guy. And those three guys did a good job. I was hooked on it. Like I loved watching U.S. Open at Carolier with those guys, and you know all this stuff. I thought they've done a great job.
2: In all honesty, I could have I done. I could have done without the PB Atkinson skits and shit. But... Well,
1: you know that's <laughs> the guy's trying to be creative. I you know, know, I know.
2: But go ahead. You well, listen. I one hundred percent agree with you. I probably watched more extra frame than anybody in history. I mean, I was like addicted to the shit.
1: Yeah, me too. So, and it was cool when it was like this new shining vehicle, right? New shiny vehicle. Today's live streaming ain't much different than it was fifteen years ago. It's cameras with picture in picture scoreboards. You've got more that you can watch now. That has evolved. And Flow pushed us. Flow pushed the bowling world to have more than one stream out there, right? So good on them for that. But what, what, what bowling is now is no different than 15 years ago on the internet. So, in my opinion, I, I subscribe to Poker Go because I wanted to watch some of the big players. If you watch Poker Go, they have an unbelievable presentation. They got the hold cards. If all of a sudden we got sat at some table that's going to be on their TV screen, they take a picture of us, they cut it out in Photoshop, and it's on the screen within seconds when we get moved to the table. They got a huge operation going on there. We have yet to do that. So what I'm saying is to have the XL version, like Uber XL of online streaming, it's going to take take an army of people that know what they're doing. Right. How
2: much how much does poker go cost to uh, subscribe
1: to? I think it's like 70 bucks a year or something like that with a coupon code or something. I got okay. I got like a, a two month thing that was just I was watching it on YouTube for free and they got me because Ivy made a final table and I wanted to watch Phil Ivy, right? So they got me for 20 bucks or something for a couple months. But um, but I've been watching it, I just love the way they cover it, right? They got Norman Chad and Lon McCarran from back in the day, you know, doing a lot of the broadcasting and then some of the poker pros and everything, but it's all in high quality stream. It's beautiful. Um, But they're also in casinos. So what do you expect? They've got great internet everywhere, but so in my opinion, you know, you need um, a good cast of characters and what I think that looks like, and you guys can chime in here in a second is you bring in the broadcast for the pregame show and you're sitting around a table like inside the NBA and you got four characters there or three characters there or two. And they are separate from the people that are calling the action. This group is who you send it into the studio. And maybe they bring over a guest of whoever just led the last squad in between, just like Barkley and those guys do after a game. You know, they talk to Jalen Brunson or whoever. I would kind of take that model and try to build that in but then you got to have a website behind it you got to have writers you got to have people that are asking the right questions that are putting out the right headlines to get people to click the clickbait, and and that's where i throw a guy like wriggles in there so if you take if you take a guy like Riggles, what's he going to cost 70 80 grand a year what am i going to cost 100k a year what do you guys need to get out of your job 75 80 100 grand a year am i keeping you guys out more than that bro <laughs> more than that
2: bro I live in New Jersey. Holy shit. All right, You don't want to hear my number. I have a dog, man. I got a dog. I'm too expensive for the bowling world, son. Oh, (laughs) my God. So
1: then you take Lucas. You take whoever it is we're going to use, right? And then in the booth, I think it's stupid to have me and some other guy that hasn't gone out there and bowled on the lanes. You need a guy that can do the play-by-play. You need a person that sits next to him, like a Barnes or somebody like that. And then you need a roamer. You need a guy walking around with a wireless interviewing people that are down there getting the stories. So when he's listening to the broadcast and it's like, yeah, I'm not sure what ball that guy just switched to. That person's on it like stink on shit and goes down there and says, hey, guys, it's a, uh, you know, it's a high road pearl. Okay, cool. High road pearl. Thanks, Mike. You know, that's what this thing needs to look like. And when I put it together on paper, not to bore your listeners, it's about $1.8 million to put on the greatest show on earth. Woo! Per year? Per year. Woo! And that's it. So, really, so really, it's like willing, two
2: million flat. Because if you're getting me and Rob, we're more expensive than you thought. So, call it two mil. Call it two mil a year. Damn. So two so, mil. All right, let's reverse the math on this.
1: It's like so. To be very profitable, you need around twenty five thousand subscribers. At what? At how much? At One hundred a year. Shoot. Or if you really want to do the other math. I I think last time I did it, it was 250 million views on YouTube for free.
0: So if you get 250
1: million YouTube views and you broadcast it free over all the time you're streaming and all your extra little content. And I didn't, you know, in my Performa, I have a video guy there putting out slow motion videos of the leaders of the blocks and all that kind of shit to draw more people in. To try to get people interested in this and want to subscribe to what we're putting out. You
2: got you know Jimmy. Funny, you Mike? got Jimmy from the Ringing Ten on the whoa, payroll, whoa, whoa, okay. putting the memes the is, out, doing the meme thing, the thing. while the, the tournament's going on. I love it. I here's love the thing.
0: it. Here's the thing, Mike. I love you. I love your vision, right? And maybe you know, down the road, somewhere thirty years from now, we could put something like that together. All really, I want right now, and I'll be honest with you, all I really want. Is to be able to watch every game of one pro. I really and I'm you know look like we're I'm really close friends with Bill O'Neill. Big Mike is you know close friends. I want to be able to watch Bill O'Neill every shot of every game of the U.S. Open. I don't care really about what anybody else is doing, honestly. And maybe throw in a sprinkle of maybe being able to bet on some of the the, the match play matches during a live stream, right? I just oh, want to watch. Don't get the, me started. Don't get but me started. I just, and I'm being honest with you, Mike. All that's all good and all, all that's all fine and dandy and all that, you know, the vision. All I want to watch is I, w- I want to be able to watch Jason Belmonte for 24 games of match play at the U.S. Open. I want to be able to watch Bill O'Neill every just like golf does. Right. You well, don't miss a shot with golf on the, in, 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 the, in the last the days. I think days. you
1: have that right now. When it gets down to match play, all streaming services cover every game of match play yeah but it's you gotta skip pairs on your own you gotta change the channel
0: i know but there's been some times when there's been position rounds and i'm i'm getting a little bit of what bill is doing on a a lane that's like half covered you know what i mean i'm not really getting the
1: i will tell you like maybe on the main feed you don't get them bouncing around enough but you should be able to go to another feed and watch what you want to watch yeah i mean and, and, and and i think
0: qualifying than anything. I
2: think Mike the point too. the point that Mike made in, in his pitch there is that it you know given an ideal, he would have that. You know, if you're if you got twenty five thousand subscribers at a hundred hours a month, you would have that. Yes?
0: So now here's the thing years, is yeah.
2: Yeah. Look,
0: yeah. Here's the thing is 100 now years, I'm so. sure hundred a sure month. You, oh my
2: god, hundred <laughs> a month we'd all, be, we'd all
0: sure we all have yachts. I'm sure what Mike's plan like You know, obviously, in an ideal, that would be great, but you really also need to like crawl before you walk, right? Like, and you need to like walk. Well, I think we've been
1: crawling for 15 years.
0: Oh, we've been crawling. We've been literally like army crawling. Like it's it's like like shot. We've been wounded (laughs) crawling.
1: So I have a solution, I think. Okay, I think I I have a solution solution to actually make this make this happen. Okay, let's hear it. it, But it takes people coming together again. Oh God! (laughs) In the bowling world. So, I'm going to throw two things out at you. Back in the day, and you guys may not remember this, but Sports Illustrated used to sell subscriptions on television through commercials. They would say, Hey, subscribe to Sports Illustrated and get that free sneaker phone. Remember that? Right, of course. And yeah, I got myself subscribe. a sneaker phone. Swimsuit edition. Right, right. Exactly, right. And you get that, <laughs> right. So, there was always a hook, right? And then, sure. you know, a lot of bowling centers made a lot of money having have a ball leagues right? Join the league, get a free ball. And everybody's like, well, shit, it makes you forget about paying for the league. You want the ball, right? And they were basically just getting it at cost and then building it into the cost that you paid every week, right? So there was some value added there. So what if Sweep the Rack Inside Bowling Streaming Company, what if we said, hey, look, folks, it's $199 a year but you get to pick any bowling ball you want. Any ball. We are partnered in with all of our product manufactured companies and you get a, any ball you want as part of your subscription. How many people would say, well, shit, I can buy this ball and I, I get, get a... to watch all this? Could we get 25,000 people to do that? I don't know. But You'd there is to one rub with that. And there's probably more than one, but we got some great pro shop operators out there that sell these products to the consumer with their markup. We as a streaming service need the support of the pro shops. And for us to come in and just do this deal with the ball manufacturers and we undercut the shops to, to promote the stream, you know, I can see where some shops would say, we don't like that Mr. Manufacturer. And we don't like that you're taking a sale away from us. 25,000 of them to be exact. And I get that. But there are cookie cutter deals with big tournaments where you get them a little bit cheaper. There's staff pricing. There's things like there's that. that one. Why, why wouldn't they do that for our streaming network? I think we might have a chance at that. I don't know about 25,000. But we might be able to get to the highest percentage of people subscribing to an online internet service in the history of bowling. I think we could surpass 10,000 doing it that way. Michael, l- let me ask you something it, on that point, right? Which is a great
0: idea and I love it. And I think it would be, you know, it would have a, a better chance to succeed. Right. What if the USBC, let, let's say we took it to vote where the membership, the dues, we, they raised the, the, the dues, USBC, let's just say 5 dollars a bowler which is a lot right or 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 3 dollars a bowler and they gave everybody who was a usbc member a subscription to bowl tv now how many members are there to usbc i forget off the top of my head but it's probably like 400,000 or something i don't right know now. the
1: number these days i don't know the number i really don't is
0: that something you think is also another kind of solution where they people might you know you might be able to vote in a 2 to 3 dollars and those 2 to 3 dollars <laughs> go towards bowl TV and creating a streaming service or f- something to that nature for bowl TV.
1: Yeah. I don't know, man. I think, I think uh not, I, I don't know. I you don't I, think I people don't, would vote for it. No, not, not for that part of it. I mean, 50 cents or something, maybe to go to like a marketing fund. And then that those funds get allocated the way USBC wants to, you know, like a grow bowling fund. Hey, we're raising a dollar. And with that dollar we're raising, we're going to bring more people into the sport and, we're going to take people do throw shit it.
0: fits over dues raises, though. I mean, it's a crazy how, like, a dollar dues raise, people will throw an absolute crazy shit fit. But you, you are, are giving gonna... them a service, though.
1: Yeah, or when a bowling center, their distributor of beer comes up to them and says, hey, we're raising your beer cost this year per bottle 10 cents. And then you go to your league officers and a league officer meeting and in every league meeting you go, hey, guys, beer's 10 cents more a bottle. And they go, oh, you just make an handle. I'm like, well, it was raised 10 cents on us. We're not even marking it up. Right. That's bullshit. That's a- I don't believe it. Show me an invoice.
0: But here's the thing, though, Mike, is this is, would be different in this fact that every – Body who is a league member would actually get a bull tv subscription so you are actually seeing the people who are getting who are paying the extra three dollars for a year are getting a bull a subscription like it is actually coming back to the people instead of getting a dues raised for a dollar and you don't see you don't know where that dollar went and i think that's the problem where people throw a shit fit because they don't see where they're getting the extra money, you know what I mean.
1: I feel you um, on it. I mean, I yeah. understand. It's not. It's a way to get there mathematically. I don't know if it could get pulled off, but yeah. Okay, you, your train curious. of thoughts a good train of thought. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: So. Anyway, just throwing that out there. It's a fun, it's a fun, fun conversation.
0: It fun, is fun thoughts. I mean,
2: so I'd where are we going with this? Like I want that, to know
0: but... where do you think realistically, Mike? Before we we let you go, because you know this is a great conversation. Where do you think it actually is? the PBA and Bolero are headed with the streaming service. If you were to give, if you were to look into the future and give your prediction,
1: man, it's really 50, 50, right? Like I really think that they would love to find a partner. that's going to pay him a licensing fee or a rights fee. I think is what it's called. And they had that with flow, man. Flow came to the table with, with cash and they, they paid him money. You know, I don't. You know, I don't know if I don't know if anybody would give the PBA money again to fund this service, right? To to have the PBA walk away from it, um, I don't know if anybody would do that again. Um, so PBA's just got a decision. Do do they? And here's the thing: I think Bull Arrow, if they do bring it in house, it will be the best version of online bowling that you've ever seen because I think they'd want to make a splash, right, and kind of, you know, beat their chest a little bit. Look what we created. Here it is, right? I think that's just kind of their swagger, right?
2: I don't. I don't. I disagree. I think that it's much more likely that they find the cheapest way to get it done. Yeah, I don't know. somebody else. Now, nah, come on, bullshit. It's way more likely that they find the cheapest way to get it done through whatever cheap avenue there is, I mean, and I don't listen. I don't know who gets paid what and who the who the, uh, pricey the streaming guys is are, but the but or who the who the expensive streaming guys are. But I'm sure you know they're they're very able to find you know somebody who's willing to do it for cheaper than the next guy, you know, and bring them out and let them run it and just call it a day. And that's what I'm concerned about. That's why I that's why I tagged you on Twitter, son. Because I don't want that to happen. You know, I would much rather see somebody with the ideas and the the forethought that you have uh, get a shot at this than to just say, oh, yeah, well, let's just give it over to this guy because he's willing to travel all around barely making any money just to do it, you know. But sorry to interrupt there. Go ahead. Yes, Dougie, I'm ready. I I talked about it earlier, son. I'll be there Sunday. (laughs) I'll be there Sunday, son.
1: I have a little more faith in the people – that would be behind this. Um, I think I think Tom, well, that website thing. Robert not-
2: Hamilton with a great point. If they can't put a website together, how are they going to put a streaming service together? Yeah, it's
1: about what you're good at, though, right? So um, Tom Clark is good at media. Tom Clark is good at putting caring about a product, right? So I don't, I don't think he would let it be shit, right? And Jeff Goodyear works for them. And Jeff Goodger has all the respect for me. He he's a good producer. He knows what a good product should look like. He cares, and I think he would do a good job. Right, I really do. Um, so I think that if they were going to put their mind to it, that they would they would do just fine. I think they would do just fine. But I would much rather see it in one spot. And you know, I personally would like to see it on on Bull TV, just because I'm over there working with those folks. And here's the other thing I just want to say, Tom Clark back in the day, Jeff Reese, then, you know, the CEO of the PBA at the time, uh, they were great to me, work an extra frame. They, they treated me with class. Flow has treated me with class. Um, and Bull TV, the folks at USBC have treated me with class. Um, I say some controversial things. I, I do some stupid stuff. And I've That's never got a text from Chad Murphy saying, You need to knock that off, Flanagan. Like instead, it's like that's hilarious. Good job. Like he sang karaoke with me at the Senior Masters. You know, I had I had Chris Barnes in the booth singing Rainbow Connection with Kermit the Frog. You know, at the end of a block, and he was willing to do it, and I didn't get booed off the air or told, "Hey, you need to knock that shit off." So, I just want to say, all the streaming services that have been out there, everybody tries really hard. We are kind of like a family. Aaron Smith sent a picture to me and Curtis Von Kruger and Emil Williams Jr. yesterday from Junior Gold from two years ago with a, hey, man, this was a lot of fun working this event. I'm going to tell you, that's like the worst event to work from a work standpoint and just being totally tired and dead. And Aaron Smith sent me this memory to the four of us in a group chat. So us streaming Idiot, Gypsy, Ringling Brothers, Environment, and and Bailey Circus people, we do care deeply about what we do and we do get treated pretty well from you know, the powers that be of whoever we're working for.
2: No doubt. Well said, uh, Mike, thanks for joining us. It was a good conversation. Don't uh, forget
0: inside bowling.com.
2: Inside bowling.com sweep the rack 20% off. And don't forget, uh, let's throw our, let's throw our sweep the rack weight behind Mike Flanagan to lead the bowling streaming revolution. The next wave of the bowling streaming revolution uh revolution because yeah mike i like the ideas uh you know uh i hope i hope you get a shot son i do i hope you get a shot and if you get a shot and it works out you know reach back out to us we're in we you ain't gonna get us to travel around and come on site and do all that nonsense and whatever but for first for a much cheaper price you can have us right here in the comfort of our own homes chopping it up with much speculation as we always do so if you get the shot definitely reach out because, you know, we'd love to be a part of trying to trying to grow bowling, trying to give people a, a reason to uh, to subscribe and watch.
1: Yeah, I appreciate the energy over here that you guys bring every week. Um, so I do enjoy watching and catching up on your podcast and that. Sometimes your facts are a little off and it kind of drives me <laughs> crazy. Um, and, because you, and because I want you guys to be taken seriously and be like a force in bowling like you say you are, there are a few times on the facts checking that I just wish, oh man, I wish they knew this because they could really take this thing to the next level at times. So reach out hey, to me anytime guys if you need No, to and know listen,
2: facts. when when those when those occurrences pop up, hit us up on Twitter, let
0: us know.
1: Yeah, I know. Mike, I know.
0: We're fans, Mike, we're fans that speculate. So if our facts aren't right, Jeff Riggles lets us know, too, Chester. Oh, right? oh he, he, yeah. Thank he, God we have Jeff he, around. That bothers so him more than back it bothers us
2: left and right, Jesus Christ. But, all right, no doubt. Uh, 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 Mike, safe travels. Uh, have a good time at Junior Gold, uh, doing your thing out there. And, uh, yeah, we'll be in touch, man.
1: All right, great. Nice. Thanks for having me on, guys.
2: Yeah, no Thanks, doubt. Mike. Take it easy. Later. Yeah, uh, I mean – I I love love his idea about the bowling ball subscription because I think there's a lot of value there. But yeah, I just don't have the same uh, the same enthusiasm uh, or, or positive outlook that people would be able to work together so much. I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean it's tough. I'm twenty five thousand subscribers. I mean you're barely getting two thousand at flow, or is is what at least views I, to, to get to twenty five thousand subscribers. You know it's going to really have to happen, Mike. You're really going to need some kind of like tiger woods revolution like you're gonna need something to really drive interest to the sport
2: no i mean Um, i i don't i don't feel that way i feel that if if you give people a strong enough reason to subscribe and you make it a good enough value uh then, then people are going to subscribe. People are going to find out about it and subscribe. But it also has to do with promotion, right? It depends who you're tied in with. Like, if you're tied in with the USBC or you're tied in with Bolero, and they get behind promoting, you know, this value of this streaming service, then yeah, I think that it might be a lot easier to get to that number. But you often don't see that. You don't see that kind of promotion and dedication to trying to. Get people on board with something or show people the value in something. I like think
0: it. Robert, I think Robert uh, hit it on the head here. Um, you need to get yeah. the off. Oh, just, look. Here is the that's thing: what I like am saying, drives, like Mike, if you Mike, got the USBC
2: behind it and they Hold really on, promoted it and promoted it for you know for for an extended amount of time, and it has value and it's something that's good, and word is spreading in the bowling community, then yeah, I do think it's doable.
0: Mike, you know what drives me crazy? Like, I guarantee you, you go to any Bolero Center tonight. And that no, you barely probably see bowling on TV at a majority of them. Okay, yeah, I know that's what I'm saying. But How
2: many thing, times like, do I hear bowlers say, "Oh, I'd love to watch bowling, but I don't know when it's on, or I don't well, know where is, look, it's on." Right? You know, so like, here's the thing: is you give it a home.
0: Yeah, the proprietors, the BPAA, the USBC, and the PBA all have to come together with Bolero and say, "We coming in with this new streaming service." You know, we need to get this out to the bowlers. We need to have this thing ran on most TVs in the bowling center, right? We need to have the – every time we have a streaming service up, it has to be in the bowling centers, on the TVs, on the bar, right? When I went to B3 Performance a couple weeks ago, guess what was on their TVs while I was there? Streaming, right? They were streaming. They were watching bowling people coming in, and now they're looking – at the bowling, go oh! I didn't know bowling was on. Oh well, it's the match play for the this tournament, whatever. And they go, and that gets people thinking, like oh well, how much is that? Like, there's got to be a, a common ground. All high level competitive, like industries, the USBC, the BPAA, Bolero, they all have to come together, work together to get this to try to get to twenty five thousand subscribers. So they could dump more money into the product and get what all Mike was saying about. It. Right, but remember, we're it. talking twenty
2: five thousand, a hundred, a hundred a year, hundred a year. And I'm just uh,
0: saying it's got to start somewhere. I know he over budgeted a lot of that stuff, right? He doesn't need sweep Rock. He doesn't need you know all the people. He doesn't need Wriggles to be there, right? Right. He, he, you need your certain your same people every t- tournament, and then maybe as more subscribers come in, you could reinvest into bringing. More content to the channel, right? But they have to figure out a way to do it differently than Flow did it, okay? Because Flow didn't succeed, and you know what the definition of insanity is, Mike, right? It's doing the same thing over again and expecting different results.
2: No doubt, they gotta try right. something
0: new. All right, on to other, on to other
2: uh bowling talk here. We're, we're going going, over in, time. We're going into super overtime tonight. Super overtime. What well, uh, league? Not PBA really league. a whole
0: lot going on. I mean, one show last night, right? It was a great show, right? I mean. God, Mike, if every show was like Portland, Maine, when there's no COVID restrictions, we got a vintage look of what Portland, Maine looks like pre-COVID. Agreed? Last night? Yeah. No, it was rocking. It was rocking. But I've never seen so much emotion from the players, and I think the reason why that is is, and I think Stu Williams – hit on it when we brought him in for an interview is the fact that you're bowling a Baker match and the players only have to throw two shots a game. And it gives people like EJ Tackett a chance to really show some emotion when normally he wouldn't because he's trying to keep his feelings in check when you're bowling a one-on-one match. When you're bowling Baker, and I know that from bowling college, you know that from bowling college, dude, you could throw a strike and you can get as hype as you want. And you have about 10 minutes before you probably have to throw your next shot. So you could really bring down your emotions for your next shot. And I feel like between the Baker format and Portland, Maine's atmosphere, you're getting a really good sense of what bowling, like what really good emotion and what really good crowd and atmosphere looks like. I love it. I think it's great for sport. Yeah. You
2: tweeted it out last night. I, I said it in response to your tweet. I guess we were both catching up on the show that, you know, I, I wrote down in my notes while watching the show uh, that the emotion these guys show on this show is what's needed all the time. You know, again, we talk about this all the time is it's just, you know, it's not the way it works. It's not the way it works in a regular singles event. You know, there's just, they need to to stay even keel in order to accomplish what they're trying to accomplish. But Man, you know, what a what a what an environment it does create when the players can uh have the opportunity to show some emotion and I'll be honest from going up there for that uh PBA playoffs final that they had there, you know, the players weren't really showing a ton of emotion in that uh during those games, not until the end of those games or until the games were over. Uh and I think that the that the the vibe was still there uh even if the players weren't really like Feeding off of the crowd, the entire game. So I think anytime you go into Bayside and it has that kind of environment, it's it's going to bring a different, you know, level of hypeness to the
0: show. Um, the Baker match plays an awesome format for that tournament.
2: Yeah, it is, but I I wish it wasn't a stepladder. I wish it was. Um, I wish it was like it was last a year. Two game match. More of a, yeah, yeah, and if it if it goes one one and it's a roll off at the end, I kind of. I like that that format. I like the ringing not, of the bell. Game changer, I like how though. they rang oh, the, bell the bell yeah, at Bayside, you know. Match. But yeah. but listen, the PBA insists on having these giant graphic boards behind everything. So even you know they even to me kind of took some of the vibe away from Bayside because you can't see anybody standing and sitting behind on that first level, and you know that I, I don't like it. I You know we've talked before. I think they should get get rid of those boards, but uh. Yeah, it was an yeah. interesting show. I, it, you know, it was a good show. It was an interesting show. I mean, you had you had Belmo flagging the head pin on a really important shot. You know, he he like he. I don't I don't. I mean, I don't I don't want to say what or, or assign a reason to why it may be, but it seems like he struggles uh, on these team shows. Like he does not have a lot of success in this PBA league one. whatsoever. One it's other observation. Feel, yeah, one other observation I had was like. AJ Chapman, this is the first time we saw him on TV since his, uh, you know, what I would call collapse uh, in the in the title match uh, during the World Series. And, yeah, he had a rough night. He had a really rough night. I mean, every shot he threw it seemed like it was either missing the head pin or through the face. And then when he finally does throw one good and he's made a ball switch, I think, to a web pearl and he finally throws, you know, throws one good, he donates. St- so, yeah, he had a rough night out there too. Kevin Williams. Kevin Williams was my favorite bowler to watch uh, on those show on that show last night because he just he just had uh he seemed to enjoy the environment and and have have a good sense of swag in that environment so yeah it was a good show you know I, I'm I'm actually looking forward to going downstairs and watching the uh, yeah, watching so. the show from tonight no spoiler alerts people no spoiler alerts okay don't don't be putting spoilers in the chat we want to go watch the show. Uh, Portland Lumberjacks coming out with the win. You know, I think that's probably what everybody wanted anyway. They led qualifying. They're the hometown team. They're the two-time defending champions, I believe. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure, like, everybody who's up there, BOPO watching definitely wanted that to be the case, and that's what they got. You know, good matches, all, you know, for the most part, I thought they were, you know, most of them came down to the to at least one team having a chance in the tight 10th frame. Um, so... Yeah, you know, let's let's talk about the other news coming out of the PBA league, Rob. And, and Nico is uh, Nico is uh, you know putting it out here, putting a little spoiler alert out there, even though I asked for no spoilers. And and uh, Norm Duke retiring.
0: I, I'm I'm kind of upset that he's not going to bowl the PBA fifty because he's not even planning on bowling that. His comment was he's done completely right, like he's not picking up a ball ever again. That's what he literally said. So I feel like when you've had as good of or good is not even the word, Mike, when you've had an Legendary. amazing career as Norm Duke, who, in my opinion, will go down is could be a top three greatest bowlers of all time. Right. I, you could put him. There's an argument to that. Right. Where you could easily put him in the, the Mount Rushmore in a top five. But you could also argue that he had, you know, one of the best top three careers charisma off the lanes as well as on the lanes super likable guy right we've had him on the show multiple times and if anybody knows me and i've said it numerous times he was my bowling idol growing up um i loved his game i loved the way he played to the fans um an amazing bowler amazing guy sad to see him retire um and mike him making that show his first show Bowling Earl Anthony will always be one of my you know favorite moments when he talks about it it's like one of his favorite like moments of his career I think um but Shotmaker, uh, I mean what can you say you can't say anything bad about the guy Mike he's just you know one of my favorites growing up and uh you know good luck to norm and his retirement maybe we'll be able to get him on the show more that he has got some free time and he's gonna be able to fix a lot of his condos now a lot of, I was gonna say, of he's got maintenance
2: requests He's got the properties to take care of, so he'll still be busy. You know, even though even if he's not bowling, still be busy. But yeah, well said, Rob. I mean,
1: certainly uh, um, you- He said he's fried. <laughs> Young right. Norm All Week, dude.
0: The big wheels. I could see. I would love to have a beer with the big wheel, Matt Anderson and Norm Duke. Like that would be like the ideal drinking. So yeah, this. uh I
2: mean, what w- what else? What can you say? I mean. Legend, you yeah, know. I mean? If you're, legend. if you're, if you're of our age, you know, Norm Duke is unquestionably uh, one of your favorite bowlers. You know, there aren't too many people out there that aren't Norm Duke fans in terms of the bowling thing. Uh, so, yeah, you know, it's uh, it's pretty crazy. It kind of makes me feel old to it to a certain extent to see somebody yeah. like Duke and Weber. You know, and now Weber coaches, is because yeah. Weber's retiring too, and, and Robert Hamilton now he's the 50, in the though. chat. Right. He's still gonna bowl the fifty, retiring from the PBA league, retiring from the regular tour, which we already knew about. Um yeah, kind of wild. I mean, cause like two two, That's two guys big losses. That,
0: That's two big losses for the it PBA. Is it is two
2: monumental losses for the PBA. But like hopefully the PBA and Bolero, you know, find find a way to keep these guys around to a degree, you know, managers of a league team. Dude, or, bring Pete
0: into the booth, man. Bring right, Pete bringing in. them
2: into the booth. You know, th- things you know. of this nature. Like these, these are these are ways that we can still uh, keep the legends around in the game. So, uh, yeah, congratulations to those guys. You know, we hope they they enjoy their retirement, whatever they choose to do or however they choose to spend their time. But yeah, kind of kind of the end of an era. Kind of the end of an era. It's the end of an era in the PBA, it really, is because Walter Ray Duke, Walter Ray Duke, Weber and parker were all you know the 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 top the best of the best through the 80s the 90s the early 2000s, 2000s. like these are the guys who owned you well,
0: 2010 for, to 2020. Yeah, for, yeah
2: true he went a little longer but yeah to see all four of those guys yes um, i do i do <laughs> want
0: Pete weber dropping f-bombs in the booth nico, nico getting
2: involved in the chat uh, Best, yeah, but, but scenario. to see these, the, you know, these four guys, like if not retiring already to be on the verge of, of that uh, part of their careers, you know, it's kind of wild. It's kind of wild Mike, because you, so you got know how question. many how many Saturday afternoons did we tune
0: into bowling I got and, and hear one of those names or more gonna, on the show? I'm going to stir up some bullshit right now, and I know we're going over time, but I'm going to stir someone up here. How much of the two-handed bowling and high rev rate of the way the conditions are playing now and the style contributed someone like Norm Duke retiring? I don't, I don't, he I don't know. I,
2: he was still competing. you want yeah, to say a lot, but like, you know, he had a chance to win a major last
0: year. I know, which is crazy, right? That he's.
1: So, because he's so still is competing it,
0: with these guys. Is it really uh, that a little bit
2: factor? I I, think I just think it's
0: time. It. I just think it's age. I
2: think it's time. I mean, can Body you imagine? Yeah, that's right? what I'm saying. Like, can you imagine how physically taxing it is for these guys to bowl this this, this many games? games? I bowled yeah. eight games
0: on Thursday, and I felt like my truck ran over me. And I'm forty-one. These guys are been bowling like that for decades. So I can't imagine the back and the knees and the hand and the wrist and whatever else. The traveling, Mike. People under forget about all the traveling these guys have done. You know? That's it, it, really taxing. Traveling, planes and driving and you know being away from your family and all that stuff. It, it, I'm surprised these guys didn't retire earlier. To be honest with you, um, it's a lot.
2: Yeah. So kind know. of the end of an era. You know, it's somewhat sad, somewhat melancholy, but. We wish those guys uh, a lot of luck. You know, obviously, over the years, like they provided a lot of entertainment and a lot of a uh, lot of enjoyment for all of us who who enjoy watching bowling. You know, like I said, how many Saturday mornings did you turn on bowling and see one or more of those names uh, in the top five? And you were always hype, you know, to to see these guys bowl and sure. do their thing. So, uh, you know, good luck to those guys. All right, Rob, let's let's wrap it up and let's give the people what they want.
0: Mike, I got a good one. I got a good one for the people tonight. I have to, I have to make up for my my worst of the week two weeks ago that didn't go over too well. So, I am going to share my screen here for the people. Okay, if anybody hasn't seen this video, this it might be my favorite worst of the week, and I'll try to give people an explanation of what the video is after who who are listening and can't watch it so let's do it here let me pull this up here so what are we watching mike i'm starting it right now at zero seconds this gentleman is bowling a national stop i'm not sure what tournament it is but let's just watch okay he's shooting a six pin okay just stuck on the approach Lefty. Lefty. He's just stepped on the approach. He's waiting. He's waiting. Mike, he still hasn't gone yet. What is it? It's been how many seconds? 22 seconds, Mike. He still hasn't went. 27 seconds. He's still standing there going, Mike. It's wild. 32 seconds. He hasn't gone yet. 35 Mike, forty seconds. He still hasn't started his approach yet. Mike, he just started at 45 seconds. And he ace to spare. Mike, this guy took forty five seconds from the minute he got onto the approach. It's wild. What would you do, Mike? If that was you bowling and you were crossing with this guy? No, I'm being serious. What would you do? <laughs> Nothing. You wouldn't you wouldn't say anything to him, no. You would bowl your regular tournament qualifying. and wouldn't say anything to him, no. I I would. I'm sorry. I would. Okay. Today, Junior. I <laughs> mean, it has to be something you would right. Like Jesus Christ, I, I would try to play like the um the you know this weekend baseball for a rain delay. You know they used to play that music. He did this every shot, Mike. And you're going to tell me 45 seconds, you're sitting there. I, I I feel bad for the people bowling next to him more than I feel bad for the people that are, like, bowling on his pair because I can't imagine having to sit there waiting for this guy to fucking shoot his shot for 45 seconds. Like some. This I shit. mean, I could, I could, if I was bowling on the pair
2: next to him, I could picture myself, like, once I've seen him do it numerous times, I could picture myself get like he's up there, he's waiting his forty seconds to throw a shot. I could picture myself just getting up on the lane, getting set up, and going before he even moves. You oh. know, and if he chooses to step off, then he chooses to step off. But Dave, yeah, I mean, every to, shot to stand, out.
0: he did that. Every to stand up
2: there, you know, for that long and not for expect sure? that people are gonna, that people are gonna get up and you know kind of go or, or, or you know cut you off, so to speak. I guess I don't. I don't think you can use that that terminology if you're taking that long to throw a shot. But I could I could picture myself kind of if I was bowling next to him. But if I'm bowling with him, I don't know, man. What are you going to say? Unless there's a shot clock or something. I don't really think that there's, there's too
0: much that you could say. What the you fuck's know? the problem, bro? You need to go. Yeah, yeah here, head you. out of your ass. Anyway, that's my worst of the week. <laughs> good Lord. Maybe
2: you gave me a good strategy for this weekend. If I make the match play, I'll take 45 seconds to throw every shot. And fry my opponents out, fry everybody out.
0: Oh, you fucking you know? pissed so many people, especially in New York and New Jersey. Oh my God, dude, you'd dude, have you people hold- throwing I- stuff at you from the back. Dude, if this guy did this in Brooklyn in my old leagues in Gil Hodges,
2: dude,
0: this guy would have got he would have gotten knocked out. And yeah, in somebody would smack him.
2: Yeah, somebody would have smacked him. Yeah, I agree.
0: Smacked. Him. Oh, it, it, this guy wouldn't have made it through the first week in league.
2: Yeah, no doubt. Okay. Oh boy.
0: All right, I'm gonna give Spags says that Randy's buzzing tonight, by the way. Maybe he's been, of course he's been tricking. He's in he's in Portland, he's in Portland, Maine. You know he's had a few before the show. Come. Yo, be careful,
2: he'll block you on Twitter. He's got me blocked, Spags. I'm I i do not oh, know really? what I said that he didn't like. Oh, uh,
0: I'll reach out to him and ask him.
2: Okay. Uh I'm gonna give my worst of the week to it's from Twitter, and I'm gonna give it to Joe Mockery. Joe underscore mockery on Twitter. Congrats. M-O-K-R-Y. Congrats, Joe. You've won worst of the week. So uh he he must have gone on Instagram. Kimberly Pressler posted something on Instagram.
0: Okay. Ooh, like him,
2: really. And this guy went on Instagram and tagged her in his response. Okay. And said since you're at 30,000 followers, mm-hmm. you should celebrate by posting a picture of yourself on here, one that nobody has ever seen before. Oh yeah. And then put like a, he put like it's either like a bra and panties or a bikini <laughs> emoji. I can't tell exactly which yes. one it was.
0: My guy Joe taking a shot. Then
2: <laughs> then hold on, hold on. This is this is what makes it worse. This is what makes it worse. Then he came on Twitter. He screenshotted the post that he posted on Instagram and then he came on Twitter and tagged her on Twitter and said just in case you didn't see it on there I posted this on Instagram just a random thought. Oh I mean, Joe, come on. Stop it's being nice a thirsty. stop being a fucking perv, Joe. Dude, my guy yeah, is thirsty. Come on. Get, don't don't get be him that water. thirsty on the internet, Joe. Okay. Someone get this guy a water. Come he on, Jesus. Shot. Oh, my God. Terrible. Oh, my God. Terrible. Dude. I also want to give – Honor I, mention. I, <sighs> I have to give an honorable mention. I do. I have to give an honorable mention because some people are going to disagree with me here. But my boy, Stumpo. Okay. Oh, and I'm not – let me be clear here. I'm not defending Stumpo because <laughs> Stumpo – Stumpo, Stumpo – has not thrown a bowling ball in three plus years. Okay. Yet he, he, he will go on Facebook and argue with house bowlers about how they suck because they don't bowl on real conditions.
0: And he okay? hasn't bowled in three years. And he hasn't
2: bowled in three plus years. And I tell I him love it. Posse, in order to talk the shit, you got to throw the rock, son. You got to throw the rock in some way. You can't, you can't talk shit. And not throw the rack
0: at all. Dude, okay? it's like, but that's just social media. I mean, how many people are just giving people shit and they're not they don't even do what they're giving shit about? I hear you. I hear you. So he
2: he sends me this Facebook conversation that he's having with somebody earlier this week. <laughs> and basically, like this guy said to him, he he responded to something on Facebook, and this guy said to him, I'm still waiting for you to bowl me. And then Stumpo comes back and tells him, not not on a house shot. I won't even lace up my shoes. Now, again, he hasn't bowled in three-plus years, but he's saying he'll bowl on a sports shot right away. Yeah,
0: right. Don't know about that.
2: Now, here's here's where I give my worst of the week honorable mention to. It's to Jason B. Zeitz on Facebook. Okay, congratulations, Jason. You got an honorable mention. And he says he tags Stumpo. And he says, always some excuse. Come to Castor, which is a bowling center in Philadelphia. Come to Caster Sunday night. It's a house shot, but in a difficult house. My money is on, is on Sharpie, the other guy that was involved in the conversation. And he hashtags it, law firm, which I assume is probably like the name of their team, maybe a UBA team or something like that.
0: I like it. So the reason the I'm giving...
2: Firm. The the reason I'm giving Jason Zeit's worst of the week is because he's suggesting that there are tough house shots. Okay, Jason, I hate to break it to you, but if you're struggling on a particular house shot, it's because it's just because you don't throw it the way you need to throw it to have great success on that house shot. Yeah. Any house shot, any house shot has a way to unlock uh, great success on that house shot. You just have uh... to be able to do that. Oh, uh, maybe Johnny Johnny Petraglia you. in the chat, yo, my man. I wish I was around this weekend, my man Rob. He was at Carolier Bowling an event on Sunday. Yeah, okay, he moved out great here tack earlier. event. Did he? Oh, you moved out here, yo. Hit me up. Hit me up if you moved out here. Yeah, okay, I was not aware room. of that. I was like, yeah, where but... the hell? Is, why is he out here? Is he lost? Yeah. I thought no, he, he must out. be out visiting the fam. Probably nah, decided moved. to bowl the event. Okay, you all got right. out of Vegas, he got out of Vegas. Okay, all right. Hey, never a bad thing to get out of Vegas. Uh, Yo, know, John, know, uh, if I would have been around, I was up, I was up the mountains uh, with some friends for the weekend. But if I was around, I would have been there. Would have been there. Would have saw you. So, what's up, man? Welcome back to Jersey Grab yourself a pork roll, egg, and cheese, son.
0: <laughs> anyway, we'll have to disagree another day about your difficult house shots because I, I think there are such things as difficult house shots. Even today. So, even today. Okay. Yeah, uh, That's it. But anyway, we agree to disagree. That's for, for a whole nother, uh day here. Wrap it up.
2: Final thoughts, Rob. My final thought is to Darren Tang tonight. I know he okay. doesn't give a shit about our podcast, which is fine. But, he was
0: on here. Him and his brother came I out. I know,
2: here. I know, I know. But I, I don't, I don't picture him as a regular viewer of Sweet the Rack. I uh,
0: mean, uh, I don't expect the, the pros to be.
2: No, no. In general, I do not. Um, except, yeah, I'm sure there's. I know there's a few that that uh, generally check us out. But yeah. yeah, my my message to him, my in my final thought this week is just stay out of the comments, son. My man is always, always on Twitter. Sweet. My man is always on Twitter. Uh, you know, like, like showing that he's using a, something from the comment section as fuel to motivate him, which is fine. But like, really who cares what some idiot in the comment section has to say? Like around here, we care because we are the idiots in the comment section. So there's no differentiating between us and the people in the comment section here. But uh, yes, for the people on the professional bowlers tour, why care about what the comment section says? The, the level of knowledge is so low. Out there in the bowling world that people just don't even have a clue. So what does it matter? But go ahead, Rob, floor is yours.
0: Final thoughts. Um, I saw a lot of hate on the internet, which is pretty common these days, in regards to the USBC national tournament shot being walled up or too easy. Uh, there was an eight forty-eight that was shot in singles, beating an eight thirty-five in the last couple of weeks. Um I don't think up any bowler has the right to comment on if a shot is too easy unless they bowl that tournament. So, Mike, if you were to sit here and say to me, Oh, well, if someone shot 848, they must be walled up. And then I say to you, Well, what'd you shoot? And you say, Well, I didn't bowl. Then I don't think you have any right to call that shot walled. Mike, I did bowl and I shot like six O 0 in singles. Now, do don't get me wrong. It, a lot of it is based on draw and based on pair, right? I think my pair was a little bit it tri- on the trickier side of the bowling center. But I guarantee you, even if they were decently easy, I didn't have 840 in me to bowl on that shot. To shoot an 848 in singles at the USBC tournament is a huge, huge score, regardless of how playable those lanes are. To shoot 830 is a very big score. These are very big scores. That's just my thoughts. If you didn't bowl the tournament, you have no right to talk about how easy the shot is at the USBC national tournament. And that's my final thought.
2: Okay. Do I have a right to talk about the quality of perceived shot making by people putting up big scores? If I didn't bowl.
0: I mean, yeah, you could look like you could have your thoughts and perception of how these people are bowling their styles and whatnot. To shoot 848 at the USBC National Tournament, you have to be throwing the ball good, trust me. Agreed,
2: agreed. But I'm saying like when I see some guys shooting 300 and it looks like they can't repeat a shot worth of shit, am I allowed to comment on that? Am I allowed to comment
0: or no? 300 is – Yes or no, am I allowed to comment? Yes, you could comment on that because it's a 300. I will continue to comment then three hundred is look like I understand. I
2: listen. But I tweeted out the dude, the dude who shot eight forty eight. Like he 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 throws he throws it sick. Eight forty eight, like 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 you could okay. see in the in the in the highlight reel that they put together. Like my man was making shot after shot. Like you could see that. But yeah, that that has not been the case with everything I've seen coming out of that tournament.
0: No, you no, know, no, no. I'm not, I'm not saying the shot's not playable because it is. But my point is. It doesn't matter how easy. 848 is still a huge score, especially in that tournament. And they're not that easy. They're playable, but they're not that easy. Trust me. I bowled it. I seen the shot. And 840 is such a monster score. I can't even explain it, honestly. Fair enough. All right, Rob,
2: check us out on social media. I'm at the 215th. He's at Rob 11 Check out PBA Bowling. The finals are coming up. Probably on right now. I'm going to go downstairs. I got to check it out. I make, know. Sure that I, make sure that I catch up here. Uh, Sunday, finals of the uh, PBA League. We should all be checking that out. Uh, we'll be here next Thursday. Uh, I'm bowling on Sunday myself in Dougie's event. Follow me on Twitter. I'm sure I'll have some content for you. Check out Dougie's live stream. I know Brooklyn he'll be Rob live 11. streaming the event. Uh, so, Brooklyn Rob 11 at the 215th. SweepTheRackBowling.com. Check us out. Subscribe on YouTube, folks. We always appreciate you. InsideBowling.com. dot Sweep the rack, twenty percent off. Use our code, guys. We always appreciate you coming and hanging out. We appreciate the conversation. If you're listening to this uh, after the fact, hit the subscribe button on YouTube. We, appreciate the, we appreciate the support. We appreciate support, Rob.
0: Even if you don't watch on YouTube, just make up a Gmail and subscribe for us. All subscribers are generous. Are very, uh, you know, we're thankful for it. So, Rob. Have a good week, son. You too, man. Later. You are now listening to Sweep the Rack podcast featuring Brooklyn Rob and Big